And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 99. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes who've known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Uh, good to be back. Uh, not on great terms. Yeah, nah, uh, nah. Uh, obviously, last night, the Essendon Football Club went a little bit into old... 2018-2019 Essendon. Unfortunately, they uh, went a lot into that, Scotty. Uh, look, we'll cover quite a bit of it. Um, I'm not sure if it was going to be the longest show because I'm pretty depressed, to, if I'm being completely honest. Mate, I, was, I mean, we went into that game. We were, we were all, you and me were sitting there going, oh, man, we've got to just win this. We've got to win this. Just win it, yeah. Just got to win this one because then Collingwood's going to be real tough. And then just got to get that good start. And, look, if we're honest, Sydney... We fell over the line and we're going, oh, man, we didn't look great. But if we can just keep pinching these wins to get some form back together. Last night was a very sobering reminder of how far the club has not come. Yeah, it was uh, I, It was the strangest one-point loss because, for me, it was a complete and utter smashing. Uh, yeah, uh, especially if you look at the stats. Uh, Carlton, let's get let's go through some just basics. Carlton plus sixty seven in disposals, plus fifteen. In hey, in- hang on a sec, don't don't go past them so quick. Plus sixty seven in disposals, yeah. man. Like that's yep. that's a hell of a lot of touches. That's an extra pair of really really good performing midfielders. Yes, basically uh, plus fifteen in inside fifties. Then you Huge. got plus fifteen in clearances. So out that those three stats say our midfield got obliterated. And and again, we'll talk about Kyle Langford, but he did a great job on Crips. Yeah, well that's that's to me probably the more embarrassing part when we go into it, that we actually stopped Crips and they're the no names in Carlton's yeah, the, midfield. The, either the nineteen year olds or the younger mids uh and Murphy completely smashed the Shields, Merritts, yep. McGraths. All of those guys. I would be asking a few questions if I'm being completely honest because that's that's an absolute smashing out of a, out of a midfield group. Uh, they had 11 more contested possessions, 61 uncontested more possessions, which means we just didn't man up or yeah. structurally were all over the place. They had 30 more marks, eight marks more in, uh, in inside 50. Uh, and just another weird stat at three quarter time. Uh, if you did disposals inside fifty, it was Carlton uh, forty seven, Essendon six. So they no, that's that's they, nuts. They really kicked themselves out. You know, they they had obviously a lot of kicks on the full. They missed yep. some shots. They probably uh, muffed up a lot of their last kicks. Um, they actually had a, quite a lot of skill areas, but. Look, if I'm being completely honest, there's two parts to this, right? And people are going to go and say, hey, Scott, you know, obviously with the Connor thing. uh, Uh, No, no. There's a lot happened. And I'm going to acknowledge, yeah, we had two weeks. We obviously had a buy we didn't want. Um, uh, But I'll say what I said to Grant, and and this is a fan podcast, and we're going to be completely honest. I said, with all that that withstanding, I understood we are going to come out rusty. But my issue was, and these stats back it up, that Carlton wanted it a lot yeah. more than the Essendon yeah, Football Club. Agree. And that is what my issue is uh. overall, is we had a chance to go 3-0. Um, Against a side that's no good, man. Yeah. Yeah, They're that, no good. 
Yeah, they're not that convincing. Like no, man. They got Sam Walsh in the middle, who's a reasonable player, but he's you, you put some hard pressure on. He's a kid. Someone like Shield or um, or Zach or somebody should have been able to hammer that kid and get him off the ball and get the ball. And you, you, this Cunningham and and. These other Gibbons names, and, yeah, Gibbons yeah. and all these guys, man, it's not okay to beat guns like Shield and that. And we we looked, there was uncontested, one of the things that really killed, uncontested marks around the ground. Yeah, yeah. These uncontested marks where they were able to move the ball down the field without being challenged. And it just came down to pure effort. We were chasing people all the time and it just seemed that, and I remember saying this in 2015, man, I'd... You would see a Carlton player lead out towards the wing. They would take a mark and then, doom, doom, two steps later, the Essendon player would get there. It seemed like they were, they they weren't worried about the kick because oh they'll deal with the context at the next at the at the contest at the next contest. They weren't worried about that contest because oh we'll deal with it when it gets into the forward line. We won't worry about that handball because we'll worry about the guy who is going to handball it too. Mm. It's it it seemed like a real significant lack of effort to me, and that's. Again, it's a fan podcast, man, and I know we're going to upset some people, um, not at least maybe within the club, but um, it just seemed (laughs) from a fan. Just so uh, I know Dan Richardson listens to this, uh, all thoughts are from Grant Hill. The the, the views Um, of Grant Hill, no, no, no. It just, uh, seriously, we got, we got, it looks like we got out hustled by Carl. I would hope, I would hope, uh, you know. I know Dan, if you're listening, I would hope there'll be some questions of our midfield group because we got passed yeah, um, big time. I can only say what I see, and and that's just pretty obvious. Now I think they're better players than that, and I think that's the first time. That's why it's so I've shocking. Seen them as a group get smashed. I just concerned about which group smashed them. Um, if it was Collingwood next week, and they said you know Penelbury and all Chalor and all these guys just got on top of our midfield, you'd go oh, okay, you know. That they're they're a good group now. Carlton's an okay group, but not not those stats. Not sixty one more uncontested. Not fifteen more clearances. Not fifteen more inside fifties. You know, more contested possession. That that's not that's not acceptable. It's nah. just not acceptable. We we weren't injured. We we still trained Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Mate, I don't know how many club officials have to come out and say, "Nope, we're fine." Yeah, the the um. Strength and conditioning bloke came out and said, nope, we're fine. We've done everything. The only thing we've missed, the only session we've missed is a game of football last week. We got every other session in that we needed to get as per normal. Wusher came out and said, no, 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 we, yep. that's fine, which is what you want to hear. You don't want to hear excuses about, oh, and the, we're not sure yeah. how we're going to go. And there wasn't anything obvious last night, like we were tired in no. the last quarter or anything like that. No. We just didn't really put in enough effort to... Did we, like, like uh, Robert Shaw sort of sent out a tweet, um, and look if you read between the lines, he was questioning how much do we want actually success at this club? Like you, you have a chance to go top three, top two, be three nil against a team you should be, and you didn't grab it. Like you just, no. and it felt like they didn't grab it. Like no. it didn't felt like it wasn't just rustiness. It felt like no, we actually just didn't claim it. Like as a club, and go, we're going to grab it now. This is going to be a year Ruthless. we're going to grab it. Ruthless, and, and we didn't. And and that's that's upsetting. And mate, I've, I've said this in the podcast before, and I, I I I try not to say it unless I really feel it. I mean, again, and it's only one loss, right? What are we two and one? Yeah, of course it's not panic stations. It's, it's but, not panic stations. It's two and one. But sometimes when I see. The perceived, from a fan's point of view, now again, 
Dan Richards probably sitting there shaking his head at us right now. Um, and anybody else at the club that listens to this, maybe even the players are going, man, you want to jump on the field and show some effort, then you're more than welcome, right? I, it's a perceived, let's say it's a perceived lack of effort or hustle or desire or want for the ball. I said this on the podcast before that I just worry, I don't know, I just worry about coming out of the back of the saga. It's been years now, man, but I just, I wonder whether or not the players that we have, and I'm not naming them, but the players that we have, have that real serious desire to climb the mountain and win a premiership. Or are they just, are they just turning up each week expecting to play well because they're good players and they've, they've, they've just played another game of football. They've, they've turned up to work. You know when you have those days when you turn up to work and you're, you're not very productive just because you do what you're supposed to do, but you're not very productive. So I just, I wonder whether or not this team has the ability to be ruthless or the want to be ruthless, to be able to make sure that mm. ruthless teams, teams that are vicious and that want to win premierships, don't lose those games. No, two goals up with 10 minutes to go. Not many of teams that I want us to be like lose that game. And, and we've got nobody to come in, man. Apart from Joey D, that's it. That's about as, apart from Heps, I mean, I understand Heps and stuff, but that's about as good a side as we can put out on the park. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, you've got name. I mean, you've, I, yeah, I, Ambrose has to be close when I'm I, looking at a certain player in the back line that's very well experienced. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm thinking, and I, do you know what? I I had that thought. I went, would I right now have this personal Ambrose in the game in, in the third quarter? And I say, do you know what? I probably want Ambrose in yeah. the game right now because Casbolt's tearing this guy uh, a new Apart, one. Yeah, uh, so. And there's an, you know, there's a few other guys who are 200 gamers that, you know, I'm not sure where they're at. Like, uh, I, I don't know if, if it's an old culture or, but do we need to start developing a new culture? And but and again, that, when we say something like that, it sounds like we're chucking baby out with bathwater, right? But the, the the problem we've got is that we played Frio in Geelong, whatever it is, for round one, played well, right? We saw what we thought was Rutten's vision and Carousella's yeah. movement through the midfield. And we went, damn, yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about, right? Like they've had a period of time where they've learnt Cara's ways and they've been moving the ball the way Cara wants them to move it and Rutten's defence, and that was great. And I guess, mate, if I'm 100% honest, I mean, we won against Sydney in Sydney, which is a hard thing to do, um, but it was just individual pieces of brilliance again. There was no yeah. plan. It was just kicking over the shoulder. And that was a game that we managed to fall over the line with. It worries me that this is a second game in a row now where we seem to have no system whatsoever. Every time we touched the ball, McGraw was taking it out of a pack and kicking it over his shoulder. They were kicking it into the, bombing it into the forward line, like just murdering it again. I've said this two dozen times on the podcast, murdering the ball going inside 50. The two goals that we kicked really quickly at the start of the fourth quarter mm. were out of the midfield, lowering their eyes and hitting out, what was it, Stringer and, and McKernan? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, right? So they lowered their eyes and hit dudes on a lead. Now, man, the amount of times Paul Wallace had to lead up at a ball, stop, prop, lean back into a defender who's just pounded the poor, the poor bloke. I'm, I'm really getting frustrated with how they're moving the ball. Now, are they ignoring Kara? Are that's because that's not what he's teaching them, right? No, no. Uh, look, uh, and that's, that's a fair point because 
a lot of people go, oh, coaching, coaching. No, I've gone to training. Like I saw a play on the wing where where I won't say who, um, did the complete opposite of what I've seen at training. Like a, as far as Carousella teaching them where it was just, you know, they uh, they got the ball on the wing. It was a stop play. It was in last quarter uh, with only about six or seven minutes to go. I think the game was tied, about 50 all. Um, Carlton uh, flooded a few guys back, and that's something we'll talk about after yeah, the break. Absolutely. Uh, but the instruction from Essendon when I saw it training was, okay, start, start heading towards the corridor, opening up the forward line because you're getting cornered into – and that's where Carlton were defending. They had three extra guys on. We just ball. did the 50 metre down the line. Carlton guy marks it, rebound. Uh, we could not handle their spare man, and we'll talk about that after the break. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's go to a quick break. We'll uh, we'll come back and keep going. We promise there's going to be some positives um, as part of the podcast, but at the moment, yeah, it's just it's, we don't quite know what we're going to do with the stats after the break, but we'll come back and have a look. Exactly. And welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, um, the stats. The stats from the game do not look good, guys. <laughs> um, the no. players the players that we needed to step up um, – or sorry, let me rephrase that. The players that were summarily beaten, um, the, the Zacks, the Shields, the McGraths, the kind of guys that we needed to generate the run through the midfield, it just they just weren't there. No, well, as you can see, there's only only one player on the whole side that's got 20 possessions. And he it was McGrath with 20 and everyone yeah. else's. Uh, and look, remember we said in Sydney last week and said, look, the concern is that we left uh, too much to too few. And, and there was probably eight of, eight of the nine bottom guys were Essendon players yeah. and disposals. Seven of the nine <laughs> this week. Again. If you can't take out Savani, which is, you know, went yeah. out straight at the yep. start of the game. So then seven of the bottom nine again. So... We are not having complete team performances at the moment, and I'm sure that's something uh, Truck and Wusher are going to have a talk about because yeah. we need some evenness in performances here. You can't have those passengers, man. No, and look, one thing I want to want to. There's a few things I want to talk about in this podcast, and I, I know we usually go through some stats, but they're just ugly. Uh, so I want to talk about key things that uh, that I'm seeing that just have concern for me. And, and look, let's go to the first one. Out of all those players uh, that we can see up on our screen, Grant, yep. so the 22 players, the person who played the least amount of minutes... Yeah, is, this, this is big for me. ...is a pick five midfielder four years ago who has done nothing but tell us he's getting better at the midfield craft, <laughs> played the whole the, time... The, the last quarter or third quarter or whatever quarter it was in Sydney showed you that. Well, he won us the game in yeah. the last quarter. Yep. 13, 14 possessions and... Clearances and goal and so how does he play the least amount of minutes this week? And in the forward line. And in the forward line. I know, I know, I know. He kicked two goals in the first quarter. That's great. But when your midfield for the first three quarters is getting smashed, you've got to change things up. Yes. Like you, you've got to go, well, you know, 
if, if bad luck if it's a McGrath or I don't care on reputation. If you're no. getting beaten, we've got to change things up. We've got to get our hands on the Chuck footy. Smith into the forward line and put Parrish into the centre. But uh, yeah, so I, I don't. What are they doing with Darcy Parrish? I, I don't get it. Uh, I, I, look, it's just a fan thing. I'm like, I'm trying to think of like, is it? Do we rate him more than? <laughs> but I, I don't understand. Uh, he's even as a development. Like, who do we want? as a grand final side in four years' time or three, four years' time? Because to me, it's McGrath, Parrish, maybe Langford. Uh, and, and, yeah, you got your Zach Merritt. Yeah, you got your Dylan Shield. Yeah. But they're going to start working out soon because there's some guys, you know, and let's be honest, Zaharak has played quite a lot of midfield team, midfield time. Look, he had 13 positions. I'm not saying he was terrible, but nowhere near what you would you would <laughs> want at a midfielder. Yeah, like it's, that's right. And, and you've got to start making this call because – Truck has to understand who do we want to build this side, and, and that's that's even my call when I even talked about the the you know the backline, uh, and I was saying you know you know Casbolt beating a, a very all experienced player who I obviously love can, and love you and can rate. say it's Scotty because everybody knows who okay, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? <laughs> everybody knows who it is. But it does make me think at the end of this year. How are you going to get Zerk Thatcher and Ambrose into this side, who are very good backmen coming through? Yeah. Because what are we going to build? Like, what's the what's the team we're going to start building this game plan around? And mate, at the moment, the the, the game plan, understandably, and and I can understand why, is that the game plan is Hurley and Hooker back there. They've been huge statues for us for uh, and bookends for us in the backline forever, and they remain. On their day, the best option for the Essendon Footy Club, right? A bit like Tommy Bell remains the number one ruckman, right? But you look at the game last night and then the Sydney game, and if Hooksy and to a lesser extent Hurls, if they're not performing, then don't just say you dropped and that's the end of your career at the Essendon Footy Club and bugger off, but give Zerk Thatcher a go. Give uh, Ambrose a go. Now, I understand dropping veterans is never good and it's not good for team morale and it's that sort of stuff. And again, one loss. We've had one loss, people. One loss. Let's not stress an yeah. enormous amount. But Hooksy and Hurley and Shield and Zerrett and all these guys, they've got to lift, man. Yeah. They're the guys that have to lift. You look at Braden Ham, who did not particularly much, and you go, kid's a rookie. Right, the kid's a rookie. Let's give him some time. And to it's perform. his first game since February or March. There you go. Right, so, so it's, 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 you're you not going to slam some, him. That's it. You give the kids some a uh, break, but you don't give Zerat a break, and you don't give Sheil a break, and you don't give go, those guys a break. So the same with Hooks down, mm. Hooksy down back. He was dropping marks. He didn't look uh, comfortable. A bloke like Levi Casbolt, who on a mark, he's a big, big, strong unit. I'll give him that. But I would have bet my mortgage on on Kale Hooker being able to sort out Levi Casbolt. Right, and he just didn't do it. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit of a worry. It, it is. Look, it, it is a worry because, uh, like, they've got very good defenders, Essendon, coming underneath. That's it. And it's it's when do you make that call if the form continues? I'm there not dropping them yet. No, no, no. One one game, not in the baby. But when not do you make that call to say we've got to start establishing who we want? Uh, because you you know I'd love to know what the internal. Assessment is at the club, you know, there, is there a window in three years? Is there, you know, because they've got to work it out because there's there are some good young players at Essendon. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, obviously, normally I would say Sam Draper needs to be in this side, right? Now, I understand that, Nirico. Yep. Uh, but boy, do we need 
uh, a ruckman that can play. And that brings us along the lines. And again, like when you, when you said we've got to figure out who we want in the side. Look, if you if you said Grant picked a side, I would have Hurley and Hooker in my side currently, right? Mm. At, but what you just said, and again, baby bathwater, all that crapola. One game does not drop Hurley and Hooker make. Right, it doesn't. It doesn't. You should not be thinking like that. But what I'm saying is that the two games that we've seen so far, they've not covered themselves in a hell of a lot of glory. Now, I bet you, if you asked Hooksy and Hurls and the backline coaches and Truck and those guys, they'd say, "Yeah, well, the ball's spending a hell of a lot of time down there, and a hell of a lot of time easily put into our backline because the midfield aren't performing." And you know what? There would be a lot less pressure yeah. on the backline if <laughs> our point. if our forward line yeah. was kicking goals. Right, if a forward line had the ability to kick goals, and which brings me around to the statement I'll make is that if we had a ruckman who was doing something other than tapping, the only time I see Tom Bell Chambers at the moment is when he's tap rucking or he's in the centre. Like we don't see him around the ground. Tommy Bell used to be able to take marks around the ground. Used to take marks inside forward fifty. I gotta love Tommy Bell. He's a big, scary ruckman, and I love him to death. But man, he has. He seems slow, man. He no, seems well, real slow. Like I, I'm going to be completely blunt. He could. I just cannot see him playing against Grundy. I would have Phillips any day of the week. Yeah, because, because Grundy is so mobile, way too quick, way, yeah, yeah. way too mobile. Like it's just not. He's just not that that place. No. Like he, Grundy would absolutely destroy. Yeah. Where it's, actually, on where it's actually, form. where it's actually, you know, it would swing the whole game. And Grundy, when he's on is another midfielder for them, and yeah. he will he'll smash him. And look, man, I, I just worry. This is, I think, one of the themes of the podcast tonight, um, guys, is that we're just concerned, right? We're really yeah. concerned. Like, the, the Frio game was a bit of an outlier, and you go, wow, that looked really good. Wow, if we can continue to half. do that <laughs> for a first half, right? Mm-hmm. If we can do that, that'd be great. So then you think, oh, let's see what it looks like in Sydney. So then... Yeah. There's Fuggo in Sydney, and you go, well, okay, it's a smaller ground, and Tom Cutler... Travelled same day. Travel, and all that. Yeah, yeah, okay, we got over the line, yay, two and two and zip. And that's and then how we, we thought. We were, quite, we were quite positive. Like, we were, we were pretty positive because of a lot of hurdles thrown our way and travelling same day and... And coming back um, and all the stuff. But I, I always, like you said, I, I always um, make the difference being on attitude in the game. It, it's not just... It's not just rustiness. It's it's who how has the Essendon Football Club approached this game from the start? And straight away, Carlton were so switched on, wanted it badly. They yep. really wanted to beat us, and that it just annoys me. No, no. It's just like a rival. Like, why aren't we that? It doesn't seem there's an intensity. Yeah. There's yeah. no intensity Why, to like, the play. What an opportunity lost to go three zip. Like just a massive opportunity. Because lost. it shows you Carlton are just no good, man, at the moment. And then look. I, I dislike no, Carlton beatable. with a yeah. passion, right? And that's because I'm an Essendon supporter. But you look at Carlton and you go, all you've got to do with that with that side is weather a bit of super excitement for Carlton from Carlton and just weather that for a minute. And Casbol will kick it out on the full and they will make mistakes And because they're, they're not a wildly talented side. You can add Jack Martin to it and Sam Walsh and all that and Paddy Cripps, and they're still not good enough to be a top three side or top four side. So with Carlton, you've just got to put the pressure on them and they will fold. And for Essendon, not Essendon, Essendon to not show the kind of urgency and pressure that's needed that's disappointing from a fan point of view. Yeah, exactly. Especially because of the names we've got in that side, man. Like, I, 
I look at him and go, wow, how did we get beaten by that kind of cult well, side? The, the irony is, you know, me and you were talking, right, and you said, oh, Scott, you know, what what are we going to do? And I said, we've got to shut down Martin, Betts and Cripps. We did all three and we That's lost. That's it. I know. We, we let the rest of the team destroy us. Oh. Yeah, man, I don't I don't understand the, the level <laughs> We actually of... did the three. So, strate- you know, strategically, the three players I thought were key to the game, yep. I thought we handled really well. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about it. Carlton put a spare man back. Okay, so the spare man, yeah. Uh, we have got to work out somehow... Now, As a club, to handle man, that situation. That spare man isn't between um, like half so, back and, and wing, right? We're talking inside our forward 50. Half back, yeah, he's just standing there. Sam Doherty's he's just standing there. That's it. He's got 30, what he had, 28 or something. Disposable. And he's waiting. You could see it when the camera was behind the guy kicking from, I don't know, just forward or centre wing. And that we're 32 looking, disposals, Sam Doggerty. That's insane. How much we've given it to him. And that's the thing. Like this this bombing into the forward line to us to I don't know who. Who are you kicking it to when you bomb it into the forward line? Yeah. Like if I swear I'll, I'll go spare if the, if our game plan going inside 50 is to make a contest, in adverted commas, and then have somebody pick it up off the ground and kick a miraculous goal. Or just dump it into Jakey Stringer to see if he can do something magical or... There's got to be some structure, doesn't There's got to be some structure, man. Like, And I understand those two goals going into the last quarter where we streamed out of the midfield, hit um, uh, McKernan lace out, hit Stringer lace out. That doesn't happen every play. Like, that doesn't happen every play. But I, I don't see any... All I see is an incredibly congested Essendon forward line because the opposition knows that all they have to do is park themselves inside 50... And we just will bomb it inside 50. <laughs> and they've got midgets all around. <laughs> and we've got Walla and, um, and a Fantasia in there, man. Well, that's the, that's the other issue, isn't it? When, when you don't have uh, Stuart um, who, you know, gee, if, if he actually trained this week, I would have actually said he would have been a pretty handy actually in this game. Uh, but you've got no Danaher uh, available. So what, what's actually happening at the moment is you've got an – Unfit. Oh, I don't know if the word's unfit, but just Bell Chambers can't run out of game. He plays like seventy percent or sixty nine percent of the game. So then your key marking forward McKernan has to ruck thirty percent of the game. Yeah, so which gets him out of the forward line. Which gets him out of the forward line. But then you decide to have um, Stringer in the rotation midfield, that he also comes up. So, so who's in the forward like, line? We saw a perfect play right where I think it was McKernan rucking, but I'll, I'll double check. It might have been Bell Chambers. So excuse me, if I'm wrong, but. You know, uh, Stringer gets the great clearance, and I knew straight away he's not kicking it to anyone. Like, and straight away he's kicked it long, and there's Waller, Smith, and uh, Fantasia. Fantasia. Yeah, and you're like, well, and Sam Doherty spiking it into the, yeah, the boundary line, weedering Doherty, and then just going, well, thank you. This is easy. This is like really, you know, this is quite simple to be honest. Yeah, and that's that's what a you know. What are we learning about that? And I hate to say the word learning because we always hear the word learnings. But what are we doing about that? Uh, like, because the the biggest frustration last year, and I think every fan had said it, it was the connection between the midfield and the forward line. Carousella came in saying we've got to fix up the connection yep. between the. And for for a glimpse in the preseason comp, I will say the March series that was partially addressed. I won't say it was definitely wasn't totally yep. fixed. 
But you actually saw them trying to think through a situation. Lowering their eyes. Lowering their all eyes. that sort of stuff, yep. Boy, did that go out the window last night. It was – I've never – that was – And, know. again, it's because of that Carlton pressure. We, they, they applied a nominal amount of pressure. When, again, we're not talking an incredible – Collingwood midfield who are shutting us down and really just every time we touch the ball. This is just Carlton's midfield, man. They're nothing special. And they were applying pressure to us. And every time we got the ball, it was just booted over a shoulder. Over a shoulder to nobody. Into the midfield to nobody in particular. Yeah. Even kicking out from from full back was kicked out to a, a pack of five, six players and spike to the boundary, and then it's up to that individual piece of brilliance to get the clearance to get it into that inside our forward fifty again, or in mm. the down towards our forward fifty. So I guess the the part from us is then, and again, it's it's one game, people. It's one game, but if we do that next week against Collingwood, we'll get beaten by ten goals. Oh, big time, big easily, time. and that's mm. the bit that's really worrying us here. Is Man, how many more? How much more just, time? I mean, do we... just imagine if Townsend kicked that goal at the end. It just would have been the oh, most bizarre I, win. We would we wouldn't have been saying yay we've won on the podcast. We really would. Oh, we just would have been saying, well, that's that's just pure fluke. It's kind of good, but that's <laughs> just pure fluke is what yeah. it was, right? And um, we had the opportunity to win it. And technically, if you had eight more inches to it, we would have. And but it's still. You mm. got to look past the fact that we almost won that game because yeah, yeah, you get a Colin, Carlton lost that game. Basically, they yeah. lost it with the amount of errors they had kicking out on the full. They how many points they kicked, but a lot. Um, and so, yeah, that that's the the thing that's a worry for me is that it's two weeks in a row now, where we have relied on individual pieces of brilliance to get goals. Yeah, I mean, it was like Carlton seven goals ten to eight goals three. There you go. Right? So, so seven goals ten, man. If they kicked three more goals, is the game over. Better. So. Yeah, look, man, I'd, I'm really worried um, for next week. Um, I'm worried for, like you said, some older guys, Belly and the Hurls and, and Hooker, who aren't performing at the moment. Yeah. And the midfield, don't forget, don't forget. The, oh, midfield. the, the midfield was a difference of the game. I mean, yeah. So, like, I don't want to just be a, a hammer fest, right, because there was some positives. And, and one, Jordan Ridley uh, is definitely uh, a positive. Yep. Um, let's actually, let's do it after the break. Yep, that, cool. that might be the way to do it. All right, uh, let's go after the break. We'll talk about some things that are slightly more upbeat. Absolutely. Welcome back to Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast. Now then, some positives from the game, and there seriously was like there was some there was some good stuff. Scotty and I texting each other during the game and just going, "Tell you what, we didn't text each other. We were sitting right next." Well, to sorry, each other. that's it. Sorry, I was thinking of last week's actually. Um, sorry, we're sitting right next to each other. Um, we're looking at it's each other. Social distancing. Well, of course, one point five meters. Um, uh, Jordan Ridley. Jordan, Jordan Ridley, Ridley like, mate. Ninety-two percent efficiency. Uh, look, he's had 18 disposals. He's six marks. He, look, if you count how many spoils he had, I kept on telling you to saying it to you, Grant. I, I hope people are realizing that how many 
times Carlton kick it long. Yeah. And Jordan Ridley's got his fist to it. Yep. Uh, he had a like close to our best player last night. It's between him and Saad that I had. Uh, and they're both kind of for the same reason. They both kind of saved our asses. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, big time. And, and that's the thing. If yeah. it wasn't for Jordan Ridley and, and Saadi for that matter, we yeah. would have been in all manner of caca. And, and like minus a few real bad clangers from Francis, a little bit Francis as well. Yeah, Francis was good. He I showed just, signs of man, of, of being of being better, but I think he had one where his foot hit the ground and hit the worst kick you've ever seen. Yeah, but, I, I love but he tries to get a bit cute with his kicks. But um, but look, there are some good key younger defenders saved our butts, and Ridley, uh, what a great play! He's a great player to watch. Yeah. I tweeted this morning that, you know, by the end of the year, this kid could be out in our top 10 players. Oh, yeah, I reckon. Well, <laughs> he was top two last night. Does he do a single thing wrong? He's, like the yeah. possessions that he gets, and like you said, 92% uh, disposal efficiency. But every time I see him get the ball, it might only be a small handball. Like it might be a small three-metre handball to somebody, but it gets there. It gets there at chest height. It gets all of the right things he does. That right boot and left boot of his is just... It's beautiful to watch. Yeah. Like it, it hits the target every single time, lace out. So, mate, he's great. Francis I liked a lot. And Francis was running around. Um, yeah, that was, that was his best game so far this year. Yeah, absolutely. He was um, he was taking some marks. He was he was a big presence in the back line. Um, he was making good contests. Um, I liked him a lot. Um, Sadi was Sadi was great. He, he yeah. saved a lot of our... He had a lot of moments where, again, he he does does his last ditched effort dives or something, or um, where like he's had a real. He's probably been the most consistent probably this year so yep. far. Um, We're gonna sign that boy too, just quietly. Yeah, look, uh, I actually thought, uh, and I said it before. I know he's a bit of a whipping boy, but I did think Langford he had a role to play on Crips. And, and look, if if you have a look, let's have a look at Carlton. Uh, if you have a look at Carlton. Cripps is, it was like, you're talking the midfielders, is around fifth or sixth yep. uh, as far as effectiveness. And he's easily their best player. He's by far oh, their best player. Yeah, Cripps, big time. Uh, he's only had 20 possessions. Uh, he hasn't done um, as much clearance work as he normally does. Uh, so they've limited his impact. So you've got to give uh, Cole a, uh, a bit of credit there. And, and Cole's obviously got the ball himself 14 or 15 times. Uh, look, he's he, he played a solid game, and you know there's not many guys actually in the voting, so he would be third or fourth for me. Like, and this is the thing, man. Like you got to, I reckon, and I'm going to make a bit of a call here. We've said that that um, Langford has been a whipping boy in the past, and he has. He's been in, he's been out. He's been in, he's been out. He's been in, he's been out. He gets even with fans. Like, plays he's a, a good game, yeah, and he plays a good game. Gets dropped. The fans tee off on um, Kyle Langford, but and uh, look, we've we've been frustrated, but. I reckon, I mean, this is a couple of games in a row now where he has done well as a player, right? He's, I reckon he's done his role, yeah. and I reckon he's got his 15 to 18 possessions. He's got, he's done well. He's a big body. He's um, worked well on Crips in this particular case. I'm making a call on the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast, whipping boy no longer. Right, seriously, the kid should be a whipping boy no longer because what you said earlier in the podcast is whose truck's um, midfield in three years' time. Yeah. And, and it, it, it's going to need to be Kyle Langford because the kid will have, what, 100 games by then? Yeah, yeah by far. Yeah. By, easily by 100, 100 plus games by then. And Darcy Parrish. So, mate, if you look at Kyle's game and we, we had a good hard look at him. 
He's getting better. Like he really he's is. getting much better, man. So I, I'll make it. I'm whipping boy no longer, man. He he had a. I I, I like guys who have a you know who have a, a certain, um, uh, I guess instruction from the coach to say, hey, you're going to be on Crips. You need to. We need to shut down his influence and see if you can get the ball a little bit yourself. Yeah, as well. and that's the key. And and carried it out. Yeah, and, and go well. That you know, he's probably the best midfielder on the night. If I'm being completely honest. Yep. I. I I, I think McGrath, he may have got 20 possessions, but he had a lot of just wayward kicks and no-looking kicks. Yeah. And, um, and, and He also didn't have to worry about Patrick Cripps. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. But, you know, Zachy could have played better. He's, he may miss next week. I know everyone was going to go, gee, that looks soft. But, yep. uh, you know, uh, if I'm uh, if I'm trying to take off my Essendon jumper and go, yeah, I hate how foot Essendon – I do hate how footy's got a bit soft – but if I take off my Eston jumper and go, what's the rules? It's Cl- a cl- closed fist. It's a closed fist, <laughs> yeah. and it's hit him to his ribs when he didn't need to. Yeah, that's it, resulted in cracked ribs. Cracked ribs. And then so he, there you go. So I don't know how he gets around it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. It's just that's how the AFL works. But another positive for me: um, <laughs> Do we know if Orazio is fine? Like, do we know because he had that? Yeah, going I think on? so. Yeah, uh, he. As the game went on, and he only had six or seven possessions, so I know that sounds yeah. funny, but he, as the game went on, he actually looked like the most dangerous small forward because uh, uh, Waller, you know, Waller was non-existent in this game. And I, that's I know, so he, strange. I know, he kicked it high, and that's not his game. But even so, he's got to get into the game. Or like one thing I have about Waller is like um, we've said this before. Yeah, too. it's like you cannot be either invisible or a star. Yeah, like there's got to be. More medium, and when remember when we talked about the the bottom eight or nine guys, and we're having to carry them. Yeah, we, we've got to stop that stuff. We've got to actually guys have got to get even if they're not, you know, totally having their ultimate game. They've got to compete. They've got to see what they can do. And and those bottom uh, lower possession getters, unfortunately for um, Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, is that it can never be him. Yeah. It should never be him. Like, man, if it, if it's David Zaharakis or somebody like that, you go, well, that's unfortunate, right? Like, it's it's unfortunate. That, but Waller is too important to us. Four disposals cannot be accepted. No, it can't, for Waller it can't be. Now, just purely because you can't go through a game of footy with four possessions, right? That's just not okay. I mean, I, I reckon I could get four possessions <laughs> in a game of football, right? But um, the problem with uh, Waller is that he's too important to the club. Every player is important to the club, but if Will Snelling gets four possessions, I go, eh, it's not good, but it's not the end of the world, right? But with Waller, because he's so important to what we do as a club, his forward pressure, his goal kicking, his um, contribution through the mids, four possessions, man, is not okay specifically for Waller. No, he, no. He's, he can never be one of the low possession getters because he's too important. He's got to it, impact the game much better than that's that. That's it. And when he does impact the game, we are so much more successful. Yeah. and But, you know, just getting back on Fantasia, I don't want to lose sight of that. I know he didn't get the ball much. But, you know, I was, all, in all honesty, I was just looking for some signs to see if there's any part of the old Fantasia still left in this guy because yeah. I haven't seen it for so long. There was just two or three moments. The one on the wing with the kick. The one on the wing inboard. with the check side kick yeah. was one of the best kicks you'd ever see. But there was just some moments I went, oh, okay. Um, there's some life there. I, I saw I saw a bit of positivity that hopefully from here on 
gets better and better. But again, but we, he needs that open space in the forward line, man. Like the mm. the forward line was constantly chock a block with spare men. Yeah, and the opposition teams knowing. And look, Collingwood are going to look at that videotape, aren't oh, they? Oh man. And even without how now, they're going to just plant people back inside forward It'll 50. Darcy Mormark and everything. That's it. Yeah. Because we're just bombing it into the midfield. And it's... Yep. Oh, who we're bombing it to? That's the really frustrating part for me. If we had Aaron Sanderlands and buddy... Um, uh, not even Joey D, because it's not his game. But if we had Aaron Sanderlands down there and you were bombing it on his head, then you can understand. But man, poor Waller, man. He's... he's He's not exactly an overhead marking genius of a bloke. It's not his game, but we keep doing it. So, look, I just a couple more things before we say goodbye. All right, um, uh, I'm not sure why again. Like I, we mentioned this last week or the previous week before that. Sorry, when the Swans match that for some reason we had some key players left on the bench at the end of the game. Yeah, it, it actually interesting. Hap- it actually happened again. So Cripps has got the ball quite a lot. And Langford cannot get on the ga- get into the game again. Last yeah, week. just and Hurl's missing the last six minutes. Are they? It's just I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's yeah, like, it's it's really it's strange. Like, I don't get it. No offense to these guys, but I would rather a Snelling at that time on the bench. Yeah. I'd rather a Ham. You know, gets gets get your best players at the end of the game who have you know. Some have really contributed and been quite dangerous. And that's what we say about um, what, a bit earlier in the podcast when we said if Hurls and Hooker and all of those guys are still in, and Tommy Bell, if they're our best option, which they are because the club's picking them and they're the best options that we have currently, then they should be the ones on the ground in the last X amount of minutes of the, of the game. Don't yeah. leave if, – if Hurls is the best defender, which he is, man. I love that bloke to death. And Hooks is the same deal. If they're our best defenders, then they should be there inside the last six minutes. Now, if Hurls, if Hurls is injured, then I stand corrected, but he should be on the ground. Yeah, it, it's just – yeah, some, just some strange uh, – yeah. I, it's a bit bizarre. And I, mm-hmm. I – again, I think that the overall theme for the game from my point of view and a bit to do with the podcast tonight is it's just a bit sobering. Yeah. I think everybody that was up and about with two wins and sort of ignored the fact that the second win was a bit yeah. fluky. This one is a bit of a sobering <laughs> thought, uh, guys. That Which we, is, it does seem funny, though, because it is two and one and just three games for us. And yeah. I know it seems funny. And it's not Armageddon. We're not going to fall for that. We're not going to fall for baby with bathwater. But what we're saying is it's sobering. Yeah. That way was, yeah. back down to earth. That was a team, uh, Carlton's a team that are missing quite a number of their key players. Matchup to matchup, I thought we had the stronger team and I thought, you know, if we come to play, I'm pretty confident we'll win. I had us by 18. I had us by three goals, man. I had us by just I nice us by little 15, yeah. comfy, comfy 18 points and we never even looked like kicking a lot of goals, <laughs> let alone three goals in front. So, so hopefully that's addressed. You know, I want a, I want a competitive Essendon on fr- uh, Friday night, isn't it? Six-day break. Yeah. yeah. I just want a competitive Essendon. Uh, look, I... You know, probably now it's the opposite. The the team we're playing, matchup to matchup, is probably a lot stronger. Yeah. But I want a competitive essence. I want like where is this? You know, where's your ticker? Like where what what are we standing for? Because yep. like we just can't do this year after the year. I don't want us to just pit out to be tenth spot after eight rounds yep. and just fighting to see if we can get into the eight. Yeah, and then uh, getting into the eight and losing uh, and getting yeah, pumped. We, yeah finished ninth or eighth, but I, I think we're a little bit over that, uh, where we at and, and, you know, 
if the coaches and you know I'd love them to uh, I'd love a ch- sit down with truck and carry and go well who do you think is actually our grand final side in the future and, and if you think that then start playing it <laughs> That's it, if, but if we stroke if we're if we're it's round ten and we're and we're not, you know, not in great shape, you know, and hopefully that's not the case. Trust me, I'm yeah, absolutely. But if that was a scenario, who, all right, who is the team that you want to move yeah. forward with? And it sucks because this should have been um, uh, Melbourne that we played, right? Like, should we should have played Melbourne? Yeah. And if, if we had a loss to Melbourne, you'd go, wow, we lost to Melbourne, and that that sucks, massive. But at least we've got Carlton next week. Where <laughs> again, because what I'm looking for next week is is this going to continue? Is this kind of lack of perceived lack of ish, of effort? Is this going to continue next week? And are we going to get beaten by fifteen goals? Right. But if it was if it was Melbourne that we got beat by, you'd go, okay, I really need to see where we're at next week against Carlton because if we can do well against Carlton, the next the problem we have is that the I'm really looking to next week. Next week is the bellwether for me. It's the thing that is really going to show me where the club's at, whether or not we can step yeah. up. And really match it with Collingwood. Because there's not much excuse. We've played two games in three weeks. There's not much excuse. You, and you, I, you've played enough footy now. I, I've been hearing a lot of um, commentators and a lot of people that I've seen online and stuff go, oh, well, we've, we've, we haven't played in ages. But then I'm seeing those same group of people saying the players should be fresh because we haven't played. Yeah. Right? Like, well, which is it? Is it we've had an extra break so the players should be cherry ripe because they've had the extra break? Or is it the players have had an extra break, oh, they haven't played in two weeks, it's a negative? Is it a positive or a negative that we've had another week off, right? So I just, this yeah. coming week, Bomber fans, uh, I think against Cult, against Collingwood, we're in trouble uh, based on current <laughs> uh, current but um, form. wouldn't put it past me if we just somehow... Pluck this weird game out of our butts. Well. This, so this is the thing, man. So the, I'd it, this this next coming week, bombers uh, fans. I reckon this is really going to tell you where we're at as a club because we we beat Sydney. Just um, we just got beaten by a not real good side. Um, so current form is the only form that you can sort of think of. We're about to come up against a good side who know they're a good side, and we're gonna we're about to see how hard the boys want it. And yeah. we sincerely, from the bottom of our bottoms. Hope that that we pump the hell out of Collingwood. Quite a deep bottom. I know, right? Um, pump the hell out of uh, of Collingwood. We are for the fourteenth time in this podcast not throwing anything out with any bathwater whatsoever, right? <laughs> but the, the that game v Carlton was a worry. But I am no, we're hoping we're, we're talking about the game, and that's why it, you cannot talk it positively because the game wasn't positive. So understand that we've got to just call it as a fan podcast and say this is how it looked. And there's some concerns there, but it's up to the guys to turn it around and, and look, I'll see where they are in six days' time. And, That's it, man. And uh, That's it. Yeah. When's the next game? Yeah, Friday night. So it's, Friday night. it's a quick okay. turnaround. Big and game. It's, it be, won't be much training this week. Be, Don't know that there was any injuries out of this game that I'm aware nothing of? Nothing obvious that I saw. No. Um, so I think, yeah, but, uh, you know. And again, a positive is that we got some minutes into Fantasia and... That sort of stuff, but geez, it'd be nice to, I don't know, just instead of trying to pull the positives of we've got minutes into people, yay. Um, I but think, yeah. we are two and one. Yep. Uh, look, uh, thanks so much, by the way, uh, just on a side note to how much you guys have supported the Patreon shows. We've yes. Been doing, the Thursday team shows. Where for some reason, our numbers are through the roof. So uh, 
Look, really much appreciated. I know it's free. It's still free for the whole of July almost. So uh, if you if you want to check it out, you can just go into Google, just go Lunchtime Catch-Up Patreon. It'll be the first um, first thing that comes up. Yep. Check us out. All the shows are there free. Uh, after, after the end of July, it'll, there will be uh, a billing system. You can get as cheap as $2. You Two can, bucks. You can listen to every show. Yep. Uh, that just supports us getting equipment. But yeah, but a big thanks. It's it's been a huge, overwhelming, like a lot of support. Uh, people really seem to like our last one, which was ripping into the media about Connor. <laughs> I think I went to town and Grant went and uh, I've had so many fun comments about how much they enjoy Grant going to town on the media. <laughs> so uh, we appreciate that. So if you check that one out, you might it might be really uh, therapeutic for you. Yes. Uh, um, but yeah, thanks again for all your support. You can catch us on the socials. On the socials, Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast um, on Facebook. Um, same on Instagram. Uh, the Lunch Catch Up on Twitter. Uh, we couldn't get the Lunchtime Catch Up Podcast on Twitter. Um, you can check out Scotty at the True to the Red Sash and Scooter McNeese on Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. Um, but uh, yeah, catch us on all of the socials, Spotify, iTunes, yep. and all that sort of good stuff. If you can do us a favor, like and subscribe. I mean, everybody knows why people say that because it helps us out with, um, with the algorithm and that sort of stuff so like and subscribe if you can um, check us out on Patreon so uh, it helps us out yeah. a lot and for those who missed our um, Zoom shows you can go to our YouTube channel yes, as well or YouTube as well and, and see Scott us talking to Scott Lucas on Zoom and Gary O'Donnell on Zoom and yeah, Gary, Ron Connolly Ron Connolly on yep. Z- yeah doing our top 80s and 90s and you know sort of top 20 players of those eras and that, yep. that was an awesome Zoom series heaps so, of fun yeah thanks so much guys hopefully it's positive next week uh we're still gonna big game we're still gonna ha- you know we are optimists by heart i know it's been a bit down on this week but we've got to keep it honest but we are optimists so let's hope we can uh rebound hard as a club and and uh make sure that uh we can get ourselves into a good spot by the time we get maybe even joey back in 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 four or five weeks Mate, so, uh, the, nothing would make me happier than we just <laughs> we perform against collingwood and I just, I've got some concerns at the minute, uh, but we'll see. But uh, we will be back not long after the game next week with another episode. Yeah, and look, just quickly before I do the cue music, we did play a scratch match at uh, Princess Park uh, at Collingwood. No one was allowed into that game, so there's no feedback. Sorry. I know it was only like 12 on 12. I do know that, so it wasn't a proper... 12 on 12? Both clubs had a certain amount of injuries. That okay. They, they had no one yeah. else on the list. You're not, not allowed to play VFL. So so it was a bit of a loose scratch match, but there's no information, so sorry about that. Um, uh, you know, I, I know one person who tried to get a, a view in and the security very... Ushered uh, them out. Yeah, in, in quite aggressive terms. Okay. So, uh, yeah... There's nothing we can report on it. Sorry, but we'll see what we can do during the week with training. All right, thanks, guys, and we'll see you on the Thursday team show. See you on Thursday.